Love this watermelon. Huh. Delicious. It's the most watery fruit. It's well named. Isn't it? Fairlane Hunt's office. Hello, my name is Dan Bloom. I'm calling with David Ross and Madcap DC. I'm calling for Darlene Hunt. We have an interview scheduled. Um, hi, one moment. Thank you. Hi, Darlene, are you there? Yep. Hi, my name is Dan Bloom. I'm the producer and co-host of Madcap DC. Thanks so much for being with us today. Oh, my pleasure, Dan. It's really nice if you do accept. We really appreciate your time. So with yeah, no f- no, I'm excited. With no further ado, let me bring on our host, David Ross. Okay. Hi, Darlene, how you doing? Good, how are you, David? I'm doing all right. How's the weather in Los Angeles? I'm always fantastic. I just took a little walk. It's hot. It's very hot today. The ozone layer has made it hotter than usual. Oh, man. Have you ever been to, <laughs> have you been to Washington, D.C.? This is like the most humid place on Earth. I know. You guys get humidity, which we, which I miss from, from like growing up on that side of the country. Well, like, feel I like free having, to have some. I, I, I like sort of sitting outside at night in shorts and having a beer, but you can't do that in L.A., really. What, 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 about, what about mosquitoes in L.A.? No, none. None? None? What? Dan, we need need to move immediately. No wonder everybody from the East Coast goes there. Darlene, I have to tell you something. It's David Ross's birthday, and he was so excited about making your booking that he specifically selected this interview to transpire today. So happy birthday, David. I don't believe that it was was actually involved in his celebration, but I will. Oh, you better believe it because you are. You're all caught up in it. We talked about this yesterday. David would like nothing more than to just do a quality program with an exciting guest like yourself. So it's a big big occasion for us all. Yeah, I'm a dream. That's what I'm um, talking about. Yes, making dreams on this program. But you know what? I didn't even look at the the questions you guys sent until just now, and I'm like, oh, these are so fun. I wish I'd prepared more. Oh, like, no. Like it's your, even better. I, I like your style and your attitude. No, but our journalistic integrity has now been crushed. Now we've revealed that we send questions to our guests ahead of time when requested. But regardless... Oh, wait, are we, are we on? Are we on? Yes, everything is on. Everything. Well, we can cut oh whatever we like. doesn't even matter. <laughs> David? No, that's okay. I have a reputation for, for telling things out of school all the time. Good. So well, you're in the right place, the darling. Of who knows what. Outstanding. <laughs> okay, so my first question for you is, okay, yes. you're going into your fourth season of The Big C on Showtime. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like a success, or are you constantly under pressure? Do I, Wait, do I feel personally, like, inside, like a success, or like the show is a success? <laughs> the, sh- the show, the show. <laughs> the show. You can answer either way you like, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm... I'm I'm thrilled about this season because, quite honestly, I thought maybe we wouldn't get a, a fourth season. And, and when we did, and, and knowing that it's our final season, it kind of just creatively gives us a chance to wrap things up. I, you know, I spend time on Facebook listening to our fan comments. Not always nice. They've hurt my feelings. Oh, really? Do you feel- um, but, uh, but, you know, I, I do feel like we owe it to the, to the viewers to really sort of end this in a really cool, beautiful way. So I'm, I'm excited, and I see it as a success and look if we had better ratings we might be on for 10 years and then you know I would think that was more of a success but honestly the way I kind of work I like I like being at the be- I like the creation process and being at the beginning of things so um, I'm sort of excited that this is a very unique season so creatively that fulfills me and then I'm kind of excited about starting something else from the from ground zero hmm. so four seasons of television is a lot of writing so my question is where do these new ideas come from where do you go for inspiration 
Um, we read a lot of books about death. <laughs> All right. How, how we die. Have you read it? Do you have the same things on your uh, on your coffee table that I do? <laughs> I'm, I'm writing it down though. <laughs> That's how we do it. Staring into the sun is another good one. Staring Trying into to the overcome sun. the fear of dying. Um. So yeah, I mean, look, we read and and um, it just kind of dig from our own uh, our own personal lives. And when I say we, you know, it's not just me anymore. I, I wrote the pilot, obviously, and uh, but now we have a writing staff. Although this season, since we're only writing um, four one-hour episodes, um, it's it's uh, it's just myself and Jenny Bex, who's our showrunner, um, and then um, and then two of our writers from the past are just doing one. One hour. I'm not describing this very well, but anyway, you do it perfect. it's it's mostly me and Jenny writing these this season. How do you use music for inspiration? Um, I love that that was uh, a question. That's so interesting to me. Um, you know, because I didn't grow up around music the way other people did, so I don't have like music playing all the time in my home and and uh, if I'm writing, I find that kind of d- distraction. But I like having the TV on when I write. I love just like other people saying words. Interesting. What about radio? Would you consider radio or let's say a, a really entertaining podcast? Like far, a fireside I, chat? My friends, I want to talk for a few minutes with the people of the United States about banking. There you go. Well, I'm always listening to radio in, in my car. And quite frankly, well, I, the number of times I quote things I said uh, hear on the radio and then try to turn them into story is a lot. It's a lot. Actually, on um, on NPR, they did this whole thing on, on dignity therapy that really inspired uh, something we're doing in season four, which I can't go into any more detail about. But, um, but they did a, a thing on dignity therapy, which is just a very cool kind of therapy that they've developed for people who are dying to sort of quell the anxiety of, of death. And they sort of discovered that, you know, when as people are heading toward the end, um, they have a lot of just like, oh, you know, I'm I, here I am going out and did my life mean anything? I'm not leaving anything behind. And so they'll have a sort of a therapist set with them and ask mm. them specific questions and they tell the story of their life and they write it down and then they kind of gift it to someone. Like they'll give it to a grandchild or a, or a child and feel like, okay, they've left their mark. They left the story of their life in a physical book. Isn't that cool? That's hip-hop, Darlene. (laughs) (laughs) I've gotten too dark for you. You No, you haven't. No, that's I can tell you guys are still in the, we're not going to die. We're the ones. We're not going to die. Oh, no. Oh, you don't know who you're talking to. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, David Ross is the most cynical person I know. I'm dismal. Believe me. (laughs) Believe me. We know that we're going to die, and that is why we party so hard. Exactly. Because we... Because we have the privilege to have this conversation okay. not dead. We love it. All right. No. Fair enough. <laughs> yes, no. We're, we're into it. But that is hip-hop. The Notorious B.I.G. did that. Tupac did that. All the great rappers who ended up dying knew they were going to die, and then they put out these... What's the plural of opus? Opi? Uh, Opuses? Sure, okay. let's go with that. And they, and they left it They left it to not just their own children, but their lyrical children and all of their fans that would ever go after them. I thought you said hip-hop was dead. Right. Hip-hop, exactly! It? It's for the dead. That's perfect. Wait, you mean they, they left it behind in terms of their music, or they actually wrote something that was specifically about their life? Well, it's actually, it's even crazier that it's actually about their own death. I mean, both of the, the great rappers that I'm referencing, Notorious Big and Tupac, 
and they talked huh. about how they were going. They knew that they were going to die. Yeah. What, what were the name, David, of Notorious Big's first two big albums? It was Ready to Die, and I don't know what the second Life one. Life After Death. Life After Death. Oh, yeah, he did have a song as if he woke up uh, as he uh, just gotten shot in the hospital. That is one of the major tropes of his career. So I, I, oh, my gosh, there you go. I feel such a, like, a kindred souls with these rappers now. I never that's knew. A, I'm saying we should bring hip-hop into Dignity Therapy. Old, old <laughs> yeah. people, they need therapists and record producers. <laughs> that's where all these hip-hop producers are going to find work, David. <laughs> oh, we're so off topic. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, you want to, you want me to veer us back on topic somewhere? I'll do it. Yeah. Darlene, where are you from? You mentioned being from this side of the country. What's your background? Well, uh, yeah, I grew up in Kentucky, went to school in Chicago, Shut uh, and we shoot the show in Stanford, Connecticut. <laughs> I live there, but I go there a lot. How's Connecticut? Um, what's that? How's Connecticut? Uh, you know, it's just fine. It's just fine. It's, it's just a place to live. I, I, I feel like in, in this one tiny section of Stanford, I'm like, wow, I know a lot about this little five-mile radius of uh, Stanford, Connecticut. Um, you know, certain restaurants and, and such. But, um, but yes, it's just fine. They're lovely. And we're there for no other reason than it's cheaper. People always think it's because um, Laura Lenny lives in, uh, in Connecticut or something. But no, it just comes down to the <laughs> almighty dollar. It's just cheaper to fly us across the country and shoot there. Because of tax revenue, tax breaks or incentives that the state That's offers? Right. Oh, That's nice. Right. Well done, Connecticut. Hey, Chris Dodd yeah. is the head of the MPAA, is he not? <laughs> he is. <laughs> Former senator from Connecticut. They know what they're doing up there. Of course they do. Yeah, they're doing, you know, they got our business. Hey. Hey, well, congrats to them. Yeah. So, so what are your thoughts on the state of Kentucky? Um, in general, let's see. You know what? I mean, I grew up on a farm. I still sort of feel most like a farm kid in my, uh, I feel like I'm always ready to climb a tree. And I sort of, I, I feel like I have farm instincts um, that have served me well. Um, I mean, it was sort of great just growing up in the, you know, just letting your imagination run wild and, and um, that sort of thing. So, um, so yeah, I I liked Kentucky for that reason. But I, but in truth, I feel a lot like, like a foreigner. Um, I mean, I'm kind of, I've become a bit of a city girl. And, and when you go home to that kind of peacefulness and, and sweetness, it's, uh, I'm suspicious of it. Where did you go to school? <laughs> Where, what beckoned you to Chicago? Uh, Northwestern. Oh, nice. Shout out mm-hmm. to Gabe Silverman. We'd like to shout out my friend Gabe, who also went to Northwestern. Journalism. All right. He went to journalism graduate school. He's out yeah, there. Medill, Medill, Medill. Yeah, Medill, Medill. He's out there trying Popular. to work. He's out there doing his thing. Uh, so I hope, he, hope it works out for him. Yeah, we all do, of course. And we're going to have him on a, as a guest on this program. Like Pop- he's trying to work. We're all just trying to work. You know, it's true. So, but hey, right? he's story. trying and succeeding because he's the man. Uh, and I want to know what Chicago did for you and, you know, how, how was Chicago for you and how did it change you? Um, let's see, Chicago, wow, you're very, uh, about places. Um, I, well, you know, I started doing stand-up there is what I started, um, doing, frankly. Um, because I was just trying to work, get work as an actress, and, um, you know, that was going medium well, and my friend was like, you should, you're funny, you should do comedy. Hmm. Um, so I started doing stand-up there and kind of just got my, my feet wet and started doing a few places and found a really great uh, mentor. And, um, and that was about it. And then I got my SAG card. I thought I was going to go to New York and be a, a, you know, a stage actress. Um, but I got my SAG card before I got my equity card and was like, maybe I'll go to the, the West Coast instead. Who was the mentor? That was my story. Um, I'm trying, uh, Gideon Bailey. 
Gideon and Bale. that was a little bit of a stage name, but I, but I think that's what he sort of officially went by, but Gideon Bailey, so I assume he's out there still doing stand-up somewhere. Chicago, a great town for comedy. The Groundlings, you know, all those great right. alums that came out of Chicago and went to Saturday Night Live. Or Second City is actually oh, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. LA. Got yeah. it. No, that's no. right. Way to school me. I like that. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. Hey, sometimes you got to uh, put me no, right. But no, I did but... Second City and, and, and all that. And it's a, yeah, it's a good place to be. I worked at Starbucks in Chicago, and then uh, I transferred to a Starbucks in L.A., <laughs> so that really helped me out. Was it a lateral move? <laughs> Some people. <laughs> I think it was. I think it was. But actually, when I arrived here working at Starbucks, I was like, I can't do this anymore. i got to get out of the barista business. So it motivated me to get my uh, commercial career going. I'm only asking you about places because you've mentioned you know, four distinct areas of the country as primary locations for where you're from and what you do, you know, <laughs> kind of the South, the Midwest, the West Coast and the East Coast. You're you're on you're all points on a compass right now, Darlene. We like I, it. I bop around. I bought at one point I had I took a like a film meeting. I take a lot of film meetings and I've never written a film, but I uh, but I meet about them. Um, but they they asked me where I lived and I was like, I can live somewhere else. I didn't know. I live in L.A. I live down the street. Yeah. I, but apparently, like film writers, they you can live anywhere and, and write your film and take meetings. Um, but I didn't feel like I had that permission. So my so um, my my question my next question is so if you had to describe yourself in three adjectives, how would you do so? Fast. I'm very fast. I'm a fast walker. I'm a fast writer. Usain Bolt status. What's that? Sorry, I, I think fast. I'd say Usain Bolt. The runner, Wait. the Jamaican sprinter. <laughs> oh my god! Like I, you're making me feel like the dumbest person. No, no, no! Don't, don't worry about it. Just, okay. just remember. I'm a little bit dumb. Just remember I that I, I said that. Specific things. Remember that I said that, and the next time you hear about a fast sprinter named Usain Bolt, be like, "Oh, I heard about that yes. on this podcast I was on." Okay, good. I thought, yeah, I thought you. were... This is a learning experience for us all. Yeah, very good. Okay, fast. My friend calls me. My best friend calls me the. Uh, let me see. I always phrase it wrong, but she calls me the. Um, dumbest smart person she knows which i think is a very accurate description i will use that in describing myself then a dumb smart person um and uh yeah the 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 fast in yes in in speed and all things writing thinking uh creatively uh hitting deadlines pretty fast um and other than that i uh you know, I, I like to think I'm a nice person to be around. Like, I, you can you can meet a lot of a holes in, in this business, and, yes, and you people can. trying to um, step on each other's back. And, in your uh, town and ours, yeah. Um, yeah, I was inspired by Michelle Obama's um, speech when she was talking about, like, you know, the the whole point of climbing the ladder is to like, you know, help somebody else up or however she phrased it. Um, and I was like, I agree. Don't don't kick people's hands off the the ladder as you step up. So love Michelle. Um, yeah. So I thought uh, anyway, I do my best. So wait, wait. That's only two. That's fast, it, nice. Wait, she. I think we got fast, dumbest, smart. That's right. Right. Oh, dumbest, smart. dumbest dash, <laughs> smart. Okay, yeah, we got yeah. that. Right, that's fast, good. dumb, and nice. <laughs> that's what. That's, I mean, come on. That's all you really need from a friend. <laughs> fast, dumb, and nice. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take a fast, dumb, nice friend. No, but it's, as a female, it's Heck dumb yeah. hyphen smart. It's dumb smart. <laughs> it's dumb smart, smart, dumb. We know what you're talking about. At one point, I quoted it back to her. I was like, you called me the dumbest, or no, the smartest dumb person you know. She's like, no, I didn't say the smartest dumb person. That would be an insult. Anyway, somehow the other way was a compliment. <laughs> the C word. <laughs> Whose whose idea was it? How did it start? How was it conceived? The C word. Yep. Uh, 
that's it's funny people still call it the c word and it was uh we shot it as the c word as as a pilot cuz showtime wanted to use that title but then they they reneged when um uh when they were going to do something else with the l word um Interesting. and i originally sold it as c is for kathy uh was the title of it and then um it became the big c which i, I see. think is the best i see aha <laughs> uh-huh. um so sue grafton esque so- inspiration on the original title there What's, yes, for sure. Um, so, wait, wait. What, did you just ask a question? Well, I wanted to know how your show started. How? What yeah. was the inception of it? Right. So, you know, I just took a right. I, I took a meeting with a producer named Vivian Cannon, and we were talking about ideas that we liked, but we didn't think anyone would ever put on TV. And she said, "I think it's time for a cancer comedy." Mm. And I just I sparked to that because I just really believe in um, sort of laughter through tears comedy. Like I. Um, I, I have problem with sort of just funny jokes that don't have sort of a, a depth of, of reality and experience underneath them. And I just thought that was so curious that she said that and that she would be, you know, brave enough to, to think she could shepherd a, uh, a cancer comedy on TV. So I was like, hmm, let me think about that. If I can, if I can find a good way in, maybe I'll, I'll sort of go there with you. And, um, and I just had a baby at the time, and I literally – that was my – reality check of like, oh my God, I'm going to die someday. Because I literally, until that moment, um, I, it didn't occur to me that I would, I would die. Um, so I was like, okay, well I can, I can write something about a, a, a woman who's sort of suddenly confronted with her mortality. And of course, you know, in the specific, um, uh, TV show way, it's because she's diagnosed with cancer, but, but really it was always meant as, as just, you know, a story about the reality of all of us. And we're here for a a little bit of time so what are we going to do with it and what choices are we going to make and how do you want to live so the wh- end <laughs> <laughs> thank you so what what do you uh what do you do to take your mind off the pressures of being a writer um well you know i'm a mom now so that's that's sort of actually kind of forced me to um to slow slow my roll a little bit because i honestly i'm not good at my husband is good at at hobbies and, and compartmentalizing his sort of work stress. And then he plays the piano. He'll just stop and play the piano for a while and uh, he'll feel a little better. And I just, to me, if I'm not agonizing by work, about work, I feel like I'm not working hard enough. Um, so that's always been a real challenge for me. I think um, uh, I used to do trapeze uh, a lot and loved that. Um, that's very trendy right now. Um, oh, really? But I haven't done that in a while either. But like I said, just trying to, to spend time with my kids and actually sort of be in the moment with them, um, because I'll be like, well, shoot, I can't, I can't sit here and and play with them and check my phone every five seconds and worry about work. So let me just like try to be in the moment, and it's really fun <laughs> if you can just block things out and just live in the moment. It's a great time. Um, so there you go. If you can just put down your phone, you can have a great time in the real world from time to time. <laughs> if you can walk walk away from for up to three to five minutes <laughs> and just see what you can do, it's amazing. How and where did you meet your husband? Uh, well, we both went to Northwestern, and I think we kind of knew of each other there a little bit. And then we re-met when we uh, I moved out to L.A. in like 96. Um, but it wasn't until like... So, you know, just acquaintances because we went to the same school, 
and then like um, maybe five and a half years ago, we uh, we remet again. And I and here's my here's my uh, um, lesson for women out there. I I had a friend in town from college. And we had gone to a few parties together that week, and he told me, he's like, I know why you're single, darling, because you're like an ice woman. You you just sit alone, and you have a frown on your face, and you're not socializing, trying to get to know people. And I was like, I checked out every guy at that party, and I could tell there was no connection. He was like, well, that's a rude thing to say, so you need to step up your game. And and so the next party that I went to, to with him, like the next night or whatever, um, Mark was there, and uh, and I knew Mark because I had met him, like I said, years before. And I jumped up off the bar stool and said, I'm going to be nice and friendly and socialize. Uh, and I talked to him, and the rest is family history, our family history. That's beautiful. Timing is everything, yeah. isn't it? I th- Well, I mean, it, w- timing or just learning the lesson of, like, uh, putting a smile on your face and quit being so judgmental. I mean, I, <laughs> I guess the time was right for me to learn that lesson. Um, yeah. But there you go. So uh, I do have one last question before we let you go here, because I know uh, sure. the assistant Ann's going to kill me if I keep you for too long. Uh, what? And thank you, Ann, very much yeah, for all tell, your help in this. Yeah, give Anna a nice fist Ann pop. rocks, Ann rocks. Yeah, yeah we love yeah, we're, we're, we're jumping onto a note skull on uh, on one of our episodes after this. Okay. So uh, my, my last question is, what is uh, your beef with gay penguins? Oh, right. Oh, my gosh. My my role on Parks and Rec, I can't tell you how that has provided me so much joy. Because um, like I said, I, I am an actress, but it's not like I um, am auditioning much when I'm I'm writing and working on the show. But I got a recurring role on, on that show a while ago. And so I always, um, um, they have me back and I managed to make it work. And yes, we did this hilarious episode where, I mean, I'm just a total homophobic, awful um uptight woman who um <laughs> who was obsessed with the fact that they had i barely remember it now they they had like um had a wedding for two penguins that were supposed <laughs> that they didn't even realize were the same sex and it was all in an uproar yeah leslie didn't good time is a good time it, it, it was an excellent time it was an excellent time so all right. i actually just shot an episode of that um uh, of that show last week and they um uh, they cast a guy as my husband so it's uh that's pretty ridiculous and hilarious all right well i'm looking forward to that a little sneak peek yeah. for the people thanks for that yeah thank you yeah. well well thank you so much for coming on with us at madcap dc we hope you we weren't hey, too much pleasure. of a burden happy birthday thank you thank you we're going to try to have you again sometime soon so or sometime yeah, in the great. future we'll let available you know. tomorrow call back <laughs> <laughs> okay. darlene hunt creator of <laughs> the big c thanks so much darlene Bye, guys. thank you Bye. Recording. Yeah, I know. I know. So how do you want to open this out? <laughs> Don't seem so excited. Huh? No, no, no. I, I am. I am. <laughs> All right. Well, leave it, leave it to me. Let me. No, I want to start. Oh, you want to start? Good. I like this. We like to change the format up. Okay. All sorry. Right. All right. Here we go. So, uh, 28 years ago in the, the city of Nazareth, born of a virgin, was co-host David Ross. Hey. Oh, Happy yeah. birthday. <laughs> Very nice. Thank you. Cake, but, cake, 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 cake. <laughs> David Ross. No. No Chris Brown on this show. We've actually already played that song on this program on a past episode. 
Okay. But yes, David Ross, it is his birthday. This is the birthday special. And he's not the co-host of this show. He is the host of this show. No, I'm the co-host. I am the co-host slash producer. Okay, sorry. Yeah. And I'm I'm the lowly fill-in. Well, you are our new... <laughs> You you are the the next generation of Madcap DC. <laughs> yeah. You're the youth. Yeah, this is Molly Martinez's initial inaugural appearance on Madcap DC. Molly, welcome. Thank you. We've been wanting to have you on this program for a long time because you have a smart mouth. Oh. You do. You just pop off and you say whatever the hell you want, and that's pretty much the kind of person that we want in that chair. Hey, thanks. So we like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, you are a uh, to quote the first version of your cover letter you are a recent graduate of american university yeah we just had another graduate of american university oh, no in that chair judge judy are you kidding me <laughs> she went to the law school wow judge judith <laughs> judge judy was in my town <laughs> yeah man. and i didn't know about it she seemed like she'd make a perfect match for your boy matthew lesko he's married to a woman named smiley you can't break up that like, relationship really yeah the question the riddler is married to smiley don't call him the Riddler. You know Why, not? Why not? Because first of all, he has question marks. Did the Riddler have exclamation points or were they question marks? Are you talking about that tax dude? Yeah. I, I, I used to work <laughs> <laughs> with the, the zoot suit filled with question marks. Right. Well, zoot suit. But y- y'all are going kind of hard at Matthew. Look, Matthew was my boss, He man. knows it's a zoot suit. He wouldn't wear it if it wasn't a zoot suit. He's trying to attract attention. It's the way it works. Matthew, we know exactly who he is. Matthew's a badass. So, Molly... You are. A you just got real smooth on that. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean he got real smooth? <laughs> David was born smooth. No. So broadcast journalism is the area in which you would like to strike. Ideally, yes. In your career. Yes. So what characteristics do you think make you good for this type of work? Uh, I th- ooh. Well, I'm really hot. <laughs> Again with that. As you can tell, because I'm on a radio show right now. <laughs> um, no, just kidding. That was not a real answer. Um, I think that I am adaptable, and I think that I can relate to a lot of people, and I think I can get the most out of an interview. Where did stand-up comedy come into your life? Uh, I was 16 and um, told somebody that I did stand-up, and they totally called my bluff, so then I actually had to do it, (laughs) (laughs) which is a good way to start something. Who was this person? Are you at liberty to say? I mean, nobody important. Okay. I don't. I was okay. Some kid in my one of my classes. Dang, That's fine. Give him a shout. Yeah, out. clearly I regarded him very highly. <laughs> very and had highly. to fulfill my. Promise. Thanks for the inspiration, jerk. <laughs> Forgettable dick. <laughs> Go on. Yes. Uh, and then I started in the DC circuit, and I was actually really lucky because when I started, um, there were a lot of like really, really talented people that have now moved on to either Austin or New York, such as um, Brayson Turner. Spell is that. B. R Y. Haha, see, I never would have gone there. Go S-O-N. on. So in. And then Turner as in Tina. I got that. Um, and also Record Turner, lots of things. Nat Turner. Nat, hey. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so they've. Um, Shout out to Black History. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's actually why I started stand up, just to <laughs> shout out to Black History. <laughs> really thought it was my place as a. It's a white girl to do that. Um, but yeah, so I started doing stand-up. And, uh, what was the first place you ever did stand-up? Rendezvous in Adams Morgan. Rendezvous. Is that still open? Yeah, no. You got shut like, down. You shut it down that night. <laughs> you, like, you needed a tetanus shot upon entrance. So Rendezvous. Did you get one? <laughs> uh, I got all sorts of shots in there. Um, <laughs> it's a tender age of 16. You also did stand-up at my synagogue, Temple Shalom. Oh! Yo, that was dead-ass the height of my career. <laughs> 
Like it's no, it that, wasn't. That We're gonna was, get to the height of your career. That it was the zenith, the apex. Never again will I ever reach that. You notoriety. were on the top of Mount Sinai. Was, 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 <laughs> the audience was with it. Yeah, man. The like old Jewish mothers were like really feeling it. Okay. <laughs> Groupies. I yep. like really found my demographic, and and that is it. That's fun. Yeah. I, that is on YouTube. We will definitely link to that. <laughs> I didn't That's know not that. my best work. That's good though. But here's the other thing: is I know for a fact that you had a stirring performance at the top house in town at the DC Improv. Oh, I thought you were still talking about Temple Shalom. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're done with Temple Shalom okay. portion of this interview. Even though that's the, you, the unless, top comedic place in DC. Unless you want to talk about my bar mitzvah later, which we could do. <laughs> which I could have done The single up. greatest bar mitzvah to ever take place. <laughs> but I digress. Your night at the DC Improv, first of all, how did that come about? And second of all, how did it go? Uh, when I was a freshman at American, um, I was walking to the dining hall as an activity I enjoyed greatly, did frequently. Um, walking along. And I, in the in like the student union, was a comedian that I knew from D.C., another really funny guy, um, Seton Smith, who uh, was hosting an event for the D.C. Improv that was like the first round of D.C.'s Funniest College Student, but I didn't even know what was going on. And he like, I said hi to him. He's like, yo, Molly, like you need to go on. He's like, all right, you have three minutes to come up with five minutes. I'm like, all right, clock stoppers, let's do it. And I went up and, like, you know, did a whole bunch of jokes that just, like, man, like, I hadn't done stand-up in probably, like, six months when I went up. But I was like, all right, YOLO, let's do it. Like, went up. <laughs> did, you say, did you say YOLO? <laughs> you need to get hit to that. Yes. Yeah, you only live once. <laughs> yeah, that's on the way Correct. Out. You don't need to write that down, don't worry. <laughs> it has no staying power. Are you just learning this? That's great. I know what it means. Go on. I'm, you I'm you only black. laugh once in my stand-up routine. <laughs> it's the end. Um, no, so then I went up, did five minutes, and then they're like, you won. And I didn't even know it was like a competition. But some of the people that like actually were signed up like were pissed. They That's were awesome. so mad. Like Bobby Knight, like chairs were flying. Like <laughs> we was out. It was cool. So you're saying um, there's chairs. It was cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's good. So you stirred it up, and did that give you the entrance? Yes, and then I was in the final rounds at the DC Improv, and I was the only freshman, and I was the only girl. And I went up and I won it. Woman. Bang. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. How, what did that Thanks. feel like? Oh, that was a great feeling. I like looked over and my brother was crying, which like is only reserved for like Hallmark commercials. Which brother? <laughs> ben. The younger brother. Yes. The the more hardened of the two. Um, yeah. And it was... We're just weeping. <laughs> weeping, with, weeping, weeping with joy so at weep, the humor weep, that weep. you burst into the world. So many tears were shed that night. That's fantastic. Yeah, it was great. And then that got me a lot of other opportunities. I um, did stand up at the improv a couple more times and been doing stand up for my stuffed animals recently. <laughs> did like, you... They're like really feeling it. <laughs> did you open for anybody cool? Like at the improv? Did they have you do that? Uh, yeah, I opened. F- what's his name? It was a huge moment in my career. I was, I was so proud of it, and I opened for Richard Pryor, <laughs> Paul Mooney, Paul Mooney. You opened for Paul oh. Mooney. Jeff Caldwell is who I opened for. Good for you. Who was on um, uh, that show? Also, that I can't think of. Is he the ventriloquist? Whose line is it anyway? He was on that. Oh. No, that's Jeff Dunham. Okay. Well, that's very cool. Yeah, thanks. I mean, that's a fantastic thing to be able to put on your resume, for example. Yeah, and a great thing for you to write about in the cover letters that you helped me write. <laughs> what? Did, huh? Did we do that? Yeah. Oh wow, that's what I'm talking about. That's how I got my job, Dan. Are you serious? Hosting here. 
<laughs> that's actually true it's because all you had to do is show up enough at my house and we were like wow this girl should be on the radio well that's good so stand up comedy was an interesting kind of vein for you to tap and you seem to have done it kind of by accident yeah but broadcast journalism like how did you decide that that was an avenue you were going to pursue um, well in high school I had a like cable access show and our only viewers were like my parents and my grandma a she cable was access show yeah on, on what on what cable system on the Montgomery County Public School Channel Wow. Yeah. But like our biggest who, ratings competition was if there was a snow day. Who had everyone tuned in? Who had access to this channel? All of Montgomery County. Wow. That is terrific. Yeah. And did you have access to this because your parents work in the school system? No, 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 no. It was um it was done through Blair. BNC. Not surprising. Um, and they have like, Montgomery Blair High School for those who don't know. Uh, woo family. With a <laughs> with a strong emphasis on communication arts yes. and television, radio, things of this nature. Yes, yes. And uh, so I auditioned for that show and then had that for three years. Had wonderful producers and just really enjoyed it. You want to shout anybody out? Anybody you particularly liked Carla working with? Carla Berberick. These people are never going to listen to this. So. Well, if you send it to them, they will. <laughs> You're See right. it as an opportunity. <laughs> You're it's a, right. It's a platform. Stand on it. Yes. No, but I've always been lucky. I've had wonderful producers. I've also had um, a show at AU. Had a great producer there. What was that show called? Um, Current Events. Wow. And it was just like a round table. That is such a creative name. I yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I, you know. It really makes you think. Slouches on couches didn't take, unfortunately. <laughs> slouches on couches. I yeah, like that. so that's, uh, I'm just trying to trying to make your way be in, in the biz. Be on your local airwaves. Well, that's good. And you also had a gig with NBC. Yeah. And what kind of opportunity did that afford you? <laughs> Are you like trying to have me date your son? I feel like this is like a really intensive. This like... is how we do interviews. <laughs> Listen, you you have interesting stories to tell. I know that you do, and this is what we're trying to get at. Thanks. Um, yeah, I, I uh, got a job with NBC thanks to Dan Bloom's cover letter writing bonus. <laughs> no, you were already at NBC before I. I know. I'm just trying to give you credit. Thank you. Where credit isn't due. Go on. Um, and uh, I started working there, and my first day on the job, that crane fell on the National Cathedral. My God! And like everybody was like wiling out. They were so <laughs> excited. Being in a newsroom is so weird because the more tragic, the more hype people get. Mm. So they're like, yeah, 10 dead bodies, let's do it. <laughs> like, send the trucks out. It's weird. And you're like, oh, this is really, like, super sad, but, like, this is tight. Wow. We get to cover it. Hmm. That sounds little, like... A little morbid. A little ambulance chaser-ish. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Kind of like uh, the show The Big C. A little, little morbid, a little... But people Death humor. It. Death humor. Yeah. Have you seen The Newsroom by any chance? No, I have not. I've seen that bit. Just because I can't... I you have. My, my lowly status cannot afford HBO yet. But did you enjoy the newsroom experience? Yes. Yes, I did. It was awesome. There's this really hot guy that worked next to me. <laughs> what was his name? Ooh. Don't shout him out like that. Oh, damn. It's I mean, a, I guess you can if you want. I'm trying to. What's up? What's up? <laughs> hey, you listening? No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's listening. This is, this is a small town. We're live, we're live to 20 million right now. What about your wine segment? Oh, man. Talk I, about jokes that did not go over. That, that segment that cracked me up. segment. They edited so many of those jokes out. <laughs> like you're, doing, I, you're doing stand-up on NBC yeah, News the, as a reporter. Whoa. whoa, whoa what is this? She, she, she would like, go out on these these absurd assignments for like the web, the website of NBC News. And uh, she would just turn it. She's got a mic. And what else can she do but crack jokes? Yeah, I was there like a little web reporter, and I was like doing some wine segment. I'm like, so what's the best breakfast wine? <laughs> and I'm like, um, I'm like, is wine technically one serving of fruit or two servings of fruit? <laughs> <laughs> 
And the guy was just like, yeah, man, like every grape has like a distinct personality. I was like, those California raisins are jerks. (laughs) 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 Nothing. But don't you see that it's better for the comedy (laughs) that these guys are your straight men and they're taking it totally seriously? It's like, man, swing and miss, swing and miss. (laughs) But you get to be like the Borat of the situation. You're just because they take you seriously because you show up with a cameraman. Yeah. It's like it's your show. Was the cameraman at least giggling? The cameraman is the funniest dude I know. The whole time. What's he, his name? His name's Stephen Chen. What's up? Halfway through, he'd be like, "Okay, we're rolling." <laughs> <laughs> he'd be like, "Can you move to the left? You look a little fat." <laughs> Always cracking jokes, my dude. That is so much fun. What, what about like? Didn't you get sneak your way into multiple parties and meet famous people because of this internship? Yeah. Well, actually, I want to talk about this with you guys. So I think every human is born equipped with three superpowers. Whether I mean they're not like particularly like useful superpowers. Like I can whistle really loud in the metro. That's one of my superpowers. Um, you could just call those powers, you know. But go nah, on. No, 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 no. Okay. They're super. Okay, go on. Because who else do you know can whistle really loud in the metro? Um, anyone with a whistle? Like okay, a physical, that's, like a physical I didn't, whistle. I didn't. I didn't think about that. That okay. Sorry, that's a loophole that <laughs> I was unforeseen. You caught me off guard. But, but without a tool, you're the only one I can think of. No, I use a tool. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. But so, Dan, your superpowers are. Um, Making people feel good about themselves. You're really good at that. That's nice of you. You're really good with parents. Am I? Parents love you. I yeah. hope I hope so. Yeah. Jill and Jeff Martinez love Dan. I'd love me some Jill and Jeff Martinez. More than any of their biological children. That's all. They're off the hook. And that can't possibly be true because you all are quite a lovable and talented bunch. Uh, you, David? I can't play any instruments. Not one. You guys are playing instruments left and right. Well, I'm playing the whistle, so that I don't <laughs> count. David Ross, what are your three superpowers? My three superpowers? Yeah. Cynicism. My skin. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the third? uh, I don't know. I'd say a cutting wit. But I, well, thank you. But I I just, can I just adopt cynicism? Yeah. Of course. That's not really a superpower, though. Why not? How do you know? You don't know the... Larry, you, haven't, you haven't seen the way I use it. Like, <laughs> it's one of Larry David's superpowers. Yeah, that that's... Okay, that's a good point. But these are powers that, like, will never, like, help you in, like, a practical situation. But that... Yeah. Right. Like, me being the Mati of the game, like, does not help me in a practical yeah. scenario. Is that a soccer reference? No, it's a uh, Planeteers reference. Okay. Mm. You never watched Captain Planet and the Planeteers? I was born in the 90s. I'm sorry. Damn. Were you really? Yeah. What year? 1990. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in the 90. <laughs> How do you feel about that, being yeah. a member of this millennial generation? Exactly. Good, I'm texting right now. I know, you got your phone out right there. <laughs> Everyone listen. What's trending? Add Bob Edwards over to show. Just kidding. What's the name of this? Madcap? Madcap DC. Madcap. Yeah. Is that like the, what, what, kind, what does that mean? Do you know what the word madcap means? No. It's eccentrically silly. Oh. So it is a real word, and it also contains the letters DC right in the middle. Oh, I thought it was like capitals, and you were mad at them because they're losing this season. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, we don't regard the Washington Capitals on any level. Yeah, not I used at all. To That's l- the first time we've ever mentioned them. Ever. I used to love hockey and love the Capitals, but it was a total 90s thing. Like, hockey got really big with kids during Weird. the Mighty Ducks era. <laughs> That's what it was all about. Gordon. So. Gordon. What was his last Gordon name? Bombay. And, and Hans. Yo, everybody in that movie, that was their best role. No. Um, no. They were some of those guys were in Newsies. The first one? Are you talking about the the the, the first? Uh, yeah. yeah. Mighty Ducks was just the trilogy. Well, the mm, first one. Okay, okay. 
Some of those kids were in Newsies. And that was a great movie. Newsies? You've never seen Newsies? I'm sorry. Come on. I'm Ross, you've seen Newsies? Yeah, I've seen it. It's yeah. coming back as a Broadway play. Don't worry about it. Okay, phew. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. Getting it's almost mind. as good as Jersey Boys. Almost. So I'm just oh, I interviewed the Jersey Boys, too, for... Um, NBC, but I had not seen the play because I gave the tickets to my parents because they were really mad at me. So I needed like a PR move to get them not mad at me. And then they, I had to ask them all these questions about the show that I totally didn't see. Hmm. So I was like, "Your your song, Walk Like a Woman. What? Oh, how is that? Do you like that? <laughs> that was really cool. Yeah, it's cool how you um. So I uh, do you, um. Are you friends? <laughs> Bad. Counterpoint. Yes. Are you excited? So hype. Good. Counterpoint, for those who don't know, is a music festival that's coming up in Atlanta, Georgia at the end of the month of September that we're currently in. People like Skrillex and Bass Nectar will be there. Yes, all the youths in their furry hats. You are a fan of the electronic dance music? I am. Where do you fall on the spectrum? Uh, mm, the more conservative side. I see. Of the spectrum. You're the Mitt Romney of dubstep. Yes, I keep my clothes on during during stepping the dub. You're the Paul Ryan of... <laughs> Have you ever had a, face, a, dance, house. a dance off with your brother? Oh, there's, there's no competition there. Okay. You've seen Ryan dance. It's, Ryan, there's just like a mess of like limbs and like there's like a dust bunny floating <laughs> by. And like... Ryan's dancing is one of the proofs that joy is real in this world. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's dancing could be like summarized in like a, like a recap of a movie twister. The passion is palpable. The passion. <laughs> I, I can't represent his dancing with anything other than a three-dimensional graph. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I love it. And it, it has its own gravity. Yeah. Like it pulls other people in. Pardon, yeah. pardon my term. It pulls other freaks in, <laughs> which is great. I and mean, I think that's an amazing thing to do is to like people see him and they want to do what he is doing. And so they come over and they identify with him. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> which I think is pretty cool. Uh, Ross and I have been to a lot of shows with your brother. Yes. And yeah. he had a uh, Temple Shalom? No. no Temple, so so Temple, no good shows. The Temple Shalom EDM <laughs> scene has popped off way too late for me to enjoy it, unfortunately. It's but getting there, though. That is how we know you, um, is that I, Daniel Bloom, used to live with your bro- your eldest brother, yes. Ryan Martinez. He has also been a guest on this program. He is the teacher who did the great... Ceiling, yeah. ceiling paintings. He's a yeah. great dude. So, how is it having Ryan Martinez as an older brother? Yo, it's the best compared to the other one. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, no, Ryan's the best. I like called him the other day. I'm like, Ryan, how do you play a B flat minor? Ryan is just the most patient dude you will ever meet in your life, and I am such a brat. So it's a great combination. But you're the middle child. No, I'm the youngest. Oh, that's funny. Really, Dan? That's really funny. For some reason, I just perceived your brother as the youngest, 1990, obviously. 1990, man. Yeah, but doesn't it make sense that your brother would seem like the youngest of the, ch- of the oh, family yeah, anyway? Totally. So we have an, a, a special guest now. <laughs> Let's see if she will actually come in. If she can hear me, she'll come in. Hey, Rashawn. Hello. Welcome back to Madcap. You didn't even know you were coming on. I didn't. But you're on. Rashawn, this is Molly Martinez. Hello. Hey, Molly. And you know the man of the hour. David Ross. How you doing, Rashawn? Guess what day it is, Rashawn. Thursday? It's David Ross's birthday. No shit. Happy birthday, David Ross. Thank you. Nine months ago today, your parents were doing it. I would have brought a white woman if I had known it was your birthday. Boom. (laughs) That's why I'm here. Way ahead of you, Rashawn. Molly, Thursday. No prior commitments. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm one step ahead of you. Way ahead of you. So, do we have musicians? Thank you. 
stand no cheating, my babe. My babe, she don't stand no cheating, my babe. Stick around for my midnight creeping My babe, she don't stand no cheating My babe My babe, she don't stand no cheating My babe My babe, she don't stand no cheating My babe This has been David Ross's birthday special. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a nice raucous show that touched on a lot of corners. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Well played. I'm David Ross. Dan Bloom. Peace. See you next time. <laughs> Dutch treat you were sweet